everybody. Welcome to IntelliCast. It's Season 3, Episode 45, which is crazy. 45 episodes. Um, thank you for joining. My name is Brian Lamar, and joining me is Producer Brian. Hey, Brian. Hey, how are you? Oh, great. Um, I think this is going to be a good episode. I agree. I like when we've already kind of pre-recorded the interview. Well, yesterday in terms of business days. And so we know it's a good episode, and then we do the intro. <laughs> yeah, but, if we do the intro before, we're, it's a kind of a crapshoot. Right. But this is a good episode. Before I introduce our guest, I will say that this episode is brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. You can reach us at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Follow us on Twitter at EMI underscore research or IntelliCast1 on Twitter. And you can leave us a text or voicemail at 513-401-5463. Our guest today, Chris Powell. He's the CEO at Talmetrics. And he will be talking a lot about employee engagement, but he's a really interesting guy. He's a good guest here locally in Cincinnati. He has a really cool background. I think he said he started off interning at P&G, but he also was chief human resources officer at Scripps, and, um, which is obviously a pretty big company. Um, he worked at Deloitte, Marriott. What am I missing, Brian? Didn't he say Ford as well? Yeah, Ford. He, he said he was a car enthusiast. And so he kind of chased his dreams, I guess, early in his career, went to Ford, realized that he kind of wanted to move in a different direction. But I thought I wanted to mention that in the interview, that that's a cool thing that I think that it's always good to kind of chase your dreams early in your career. And he's still a car enthusiast. You'll see that in in um, the four P's. So we talked about cars a little bit. Um, but yeah, he worked at Ford. He's he's uh, awesome career. He's a really cool, interesting guy, super smart, involved in a lot of different things. I think you'll enjoy the interview. And this is definitely part of like the employee engagement is, you know, uses the same principles as marketing research, but it's more employee research. Um, So he's, he understands that world really well. Um, And hopefully, I think you'll enjoy the episode and you'll learn something. I think so too. This is probably the first time we've had anybody talking about employee engagement re- from like a research perspective, like a true research perspective. Every it seems every organization talks about employee satisfaction and employee engagement. Yeah. Chris really gets into like the research science behind it. Absolutely. About who should be doing research. Um, he talks about, you know, the changes during COVID, what's been going on. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, differences between consumer research and employee research. And he also, I didn't even think about this. He does a lot of qualitative research as well. I've always thought about employee research as more quantitative, but he he does a lot of qualitative as well, which makes obviously perfect sense. Um, so I think we should get an interview. It's a really cool interview, like I mentioned. And um, this is Chris Powell, CEO at Talmetrics. Joining us now is Chris Powell. He's the CEO of Talmetrics. And Chris, thanks for joining. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Excited to talk about Talmetrics. And this is a, this is going to be a topic we don't talk about as often as we should. Uh, maybe we can start off by kind of what Talmetrics is and what you're what you do there. Yeah. No. No. So happy to tell you. So um, Talmetrics, we're an employee feedback research and insights company. So we help companies um, better understand their employee base to drive um, 
engagement, performance, retention, and productivity. So very similar to a consumer research company, but we focus on uh, the employees within an organization. Okay, cool. How long have you been doing that? Well, Talmetrics itself has been around since 2008, and I joined the team in uh, 2014. Okay. And how long have you been in the CEO role? Oh, since um, 2014. Um, so I joined the team right when we pivoted the business um, to focus on building um, a SaaS cloud-based solution, um, which kicked off in 2013. And we got um, the HR Tech Product of the Year Award that year, and I joined just after that. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And before that, I'm looking at your bio. Maybe give us a summary of kind of what you did prior to, to Telmetrics. Well, Brian, that might take us all day. Cause, uh, <laughs> yeah. As they say, I'm a little long in the tooth these days, as they say, but um, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what uh, a little synopsis there. So prior to joining um, Top Metrics, I spent I started my career in sales and marketing at Ford, Ford Motor Company. I'm a big car hit. So that was like the greatest job coming out of college. But um, then um, shortly thereafter, I started my first entrepreneurial endeavor um, in real estate development with my brother and family. We had a uh, commercial and residential um, development firm in Chicago of um, uh, developing um, properties and businesses on the south side of Chicago, which was interesting and fun. But then I realized that was my brother's dream and not my dream. And um, I was uh, moonlighting my real job at that time. I was also working at uh, Northwestern, which is my alma mater, uh, in the admissions office as a, a director of admission. And I got really interested in this whole thing around how do you assess and identify talent, uh, and in this case, recruiting talent to uh, Northwestern. And that's where I really cut my teeth on the whole my whole talent and HR journey, which I spent um, roughly 20 years in various roles in HR um, at great companies like Marriott, um, ING, which is now Voya here in the U.S. Um, I also worked at Deloitte, and uh, my last tour of duty inside of an organization was with uh, Scripps Networks Interactive, which has been recently acquired by Discovery. But that was the parent company for hopefully some of your favorite brands, HGTV, Food Network, and Travel Channel. And that was a blast. And my last job there, I was the corporate head of HR for about six and a half years. So uh, I cut my teeth working at some great great companies building um, talent strategies and employer brands to attract and retain some of the best talent out there in those industries. that That's impressive, very impressive. And a lot of brand names you threw out there that you've worked at, that's that's awesome. And one thing I'm gonna look at your profile, and this is one funny thing that you didn't mention, is that you are also a governor appointed member of the Transportation Review Advisory Council for the state of Ohio. Yes. Well, the reason I mentioned that is that I don't think I've told this on the podcast, but I was recently appointed as a trustee in our township. And so in Columbia Township, where I live, um, I'm a trustee. I wasn't elected. I was appointed when someone moved out of the township. And my first thing I did as trustee was I went to the grand opening of a crosswalk and (laughs) took pictures on a crosswalk with uh, the fire chief, the mayor of Marymount, which is a little suburb of Cincinnati, uh, the owners of 50 West, which is a craft brewery, which is where the crosswalk goes. And so um, I also have a little bit of transportation background. I wanted to throw that out there. Now, I'm not governor of 
appointed. I was appointed by our administrator, but you know. Hey, man, I think all of us should have some civic place, some yeah. civic uh, management and government at some point in our career to, so that we can understand how this thing works, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you've done crosswalks. I've done bridges <laughs> and overpasses and ramps. Oh, so, yeah. Wow. <laughs> no, that's amazing. That's awesome. I agree with you. Like, um, I think it's good for everyone. And this kind of lends itself to to what you do in terms of getting employee feedback. Um, oh, I'll pivot. We don't have to talk about crosswalks all day long. And I'm sorry for diverting that. Um, but so you do employee engagement research. So basically clients come to you and say, I want to know how satisfied my employees are, how engaged they are at work and see if there's rooms for opportunity. Is that, is that kind of a, a good summary of that? It's a, it's a good summary, Brian. You're in the ballpark, right? So when we say, you know, engagement, we're really looking at a lot of, of the different factors that influence uh, an employee's um, sense of inclusion, belongingness, performance, productivity, all of those things. So we're looking at a lot of different factors. So engagement is just one of many of the things that companies come to us to help them capture employee feedback on. Um, so, yes, but you're in the ballpark, my friend. You're square in the yeah. Well, we, we actually just did our own. We we do our own employee engagement research, and we tested the survey. And all of a sudden, we just did this what, about a month ago. Brian, producer Brian's on that committee. And we realized, wow, a lot of these questions aren't relevant these days because <laughs> they're around culture and things. So we added some questions around covid probably not very good. I'm curious if you've had to pivot when measuring employee engagement because of COVID and how a lot of us are working remotely. Yeah, Brian, I mean, you you just nailed it, right? Talking about the relevancy of things you measure. Well, one of the things that a premise that we operate with here at Talmetrics is that organizations are dynamic human systems. And so that means they're sensing, feeling, intuitive, ever evolving. And so if you think about all the things that have happened here in 2020, right? So from COVID to uh, racial um, equality and social justice changes, those things that happen outside the workplace influence what happens inside the workplace. So you've got to always be mindful of what new factors or how factors are either more important or less important in terms of you know, um, influenced employees' level of engagement or performance or productivity or intent to stay and all those things. So you got to stay on top of it because this this is a dynamic um, world. I hate I will not use the word unprecedented, but is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I will use the word unprecedented because <laughs> I mean I don't know how well. So do you, do you have like a standard battery or is this customized for your clients? To, I guess they probably have different needs, right? Yeah, so we've got we've got what I call our package solutions around these things where we are out doing primary research fairly often because of the dynamic nature of um, work and life these days. So we do a, a, a research study um, quarterly so we can stay abreast of it to update our, our standard diagnostic. But we also work with a lot of our clients to configure or customize the solution to meet their specific things that they're interested in measuring as well. So uh, we, I like to describe us as Burger King, you know, um, <laughs> you can have it your way as long as it's a burger. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you probably, 
you could probably take the data that you're collecting and compare that. We call it norms, and you can compare that to other companies, other industries. Is that something you can provide to clients as well? Yeah, so we, we, we've got a normative benchmark database that we can cut and slice by uh, other companies, other companies of certain size, a location. And yes, so we can do all of that as a, as the, the, the my, my team hates when I say slicing and dicing of the data. Like, Chris, can you be a little bit more sophisticated? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're talking like as a layman, that's how most of your people you're talking to they say you should talk at what like a sixth grade level or something so yeah i think it's fine mm-hmm. you, you bring the analysts in to talk all that sophisticated stuff right well the regression model and the <laughs> right the factor analysis yes yes we do all of that too for yeah. the, the folks who know what we're talking about here <laughs> right right um so what what's one of the things that we measure is employee satisfaction and I'm curious how, from your perspective, is that different than like engagement um, or are they the same thing? Oh, my friend, you have entered and have a seat. Let's have a talk. <laughs> uh, yes, they are different. Um, and, you know, oftentimes a lot of people think that they're measuring engagement and they're actually just measuring satisfaction. So let me define satisfaction. Okay. Satisfaction is really getting at the factors or the elements of the employee experience around the offering a company brings to the table. So it's measuring things like uh, pay, benefits, um, environment, those kind of things, things that, you know, back in the day they used to call it, what's the employee value proposition? It's really about the things that the company offers to attract and retain you, right? So those are the things that are, how happy are you with those things? How satisfied are you with those things? Engagement is really about measuring, um, as we like to call the commitment to superior performance or discretionary effort. It is really about how much effort are you willing to bring to the work to deliver um, and perform in an organization? So it gets more at um, measuring intrinsic drivers around the employee experience, whereas job satisfaction is really measuring more of those things that are extrinsic, tangible things that the company is offering or doing on the behalf for you. And engagement is really about, hey, how willing um, are you to bring the effort um, to perform and produce in your role. That was an awesome explanation, first of all. Um, I can go back to earlier in my career. This is starting to make sense for me. In my current role, I am super engaged. I, throughout my career, I kind of built my entire career to get to the point where I am today, where I get to do a podcast and, you know, that's fun for me. I get to meet people like you and goof off a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I get to do blogs and white papers and I get to speak at conferences. So I'm super engaged. Um, I'm committed to superior performance. But I don't think most of my career I was. I was probably satisfied, but I was kind of, it was a job. Mm-hmm. And now I have, I guess, maybe passion around what I do, which means that if Brian, producer Brian says, let's do a podcast, I'm going to make sure I fit that in because I enjoy it. And that's my example. And I'm curious if, does this, does this instruct maybe hiring practices to try to find people that maybe have more passion around or, or other factors that will help drive engagement? Or am I kind of, is that a stretch? No, it's not a stretch at all, right? So <clears throat> when you think about um, 
you know, we like to always think about engagement as like those things that you bring to the table, the level of vitality, the level of immersion, the level of ownership that you bring to the work. Um, those things can be assessed um, in the recruit, identified and assessed through the recruiting process, um, also through the performance management process. So those are really critical factors for organizations to build capability around to be able to do those things to help employees, you know, rise to the occasion, as I like to call it. Because what we know from our research and experience in this space is that satisfaction um, is a predictor of retention, whereas um, um, engagement is a predictor of performance. Both are very important for an organization to manage and achieve what it needs to do. And so you got to have a balance on both. But when it really comes to a company being focused or an organization or a team, about, hey, how do we how do we drive innovation? How do we drive performance and profitability and productivity and whatever other measures out there or either guest or customer satisfaction? That is primarily um, coming from the concept of engagement that commits to superior performance. Interesting. By the way, do you do this with like all size companies? Is there a company too small or too large where you have maybe tougher challenges? No, we 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 work with companies as small as a hundred employees, all the way up to companies that have over fifty thousand employees. But our primary focus—I shouldn't say primary—we work a lot with mid-sized organizations that don't always have the staff and resources or the capabilities to bring this level of, um, you know, knowledge and insight um, to the table. Right. Okay. Cool. And when I'm when I'm hearing you talk, you sound like a market research project. I guess this falls into marketing research. We haven't done a good job of defining the insights industry or marketing research industry, but I feel like there's a lot of similarities and probably differences between what I would call consumer market research and employee research. It's still like you're using, um, you know, traditional scaling methods, probably when you're designing the questionnaire, you talked about normative databases, you talked a lot about terms that I, you know, we talk about all the time is regression analysis and factor analysis. So it's, it's clearly the same kind of methodology, but I don't know, we don't talk about it, employee research enough, I guess, because it's, you know, it's more internal. It's not, we're not publicly releasing information. I just found that kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, to your point, Brian, um, what got me interested um, in this space, literally, um, as I mentioned to you, I started my career in sales and marketing. And so when I got into the talent space, um, I was an admissions officer at Northwestern, which is really a sales job, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so recruiting and admissions and sales work, right? But you got to know how to market the product. In this case, it was a <clears throat> education um, at Northwestern. But as I matriculated into corporate America, I started to see, hey, as a recruiter at Deloitte or at Marriott, when I first started my career, I was like, I could bring some of the marketing expertise that I got exposed to when I worked at Ford as a um, right out of college and also things I learned when I was an intern at P&G, I could bring that to HR and I'd look like a freaking hero. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I started the first employee marketing um, group at Marriott. And this is way back when, you know, Al Gore created the Internet. We <laughs> 
we had right. with the marketing folks to get a uh, get a link on the homepage for careers. So this is how far back that goes, right? And so we, you know, I said it's the same principles and some of the same practices, but we've just got to apply it to the workforce. And right. I got exposed to this work, you know, some back in the mid '90s, and that's what's continued to propel that for HR or an employee population that we should be doing some of the same practices and. I'm fortunate today to be running a company that gets to do that and help companies get that kind of capability right. uh, to apply marketing practices to the workforce. Right. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so do you have any like recommendations for companies? Um, should they, re you know, what if they're not doing any employee engagement research um, or maybe a couple of tips that you can offer. By the way, I bet you have tips on how to improve response rates um, because that's something I always struggle with is getting people to respond to surveys. Um, but I'm curious if you have any recommendations. Yeah, I think there's a couple of things, right? As you guys know from the marketing research, there's qual um, qualitative and quantitative research you can do. So if an organization is a little skittish about stepping out to do an employee survey, there's so much existing data an organization already has on its employees to understand, you know, what's influencing behavior, what's influencing choice and preferences. So, hey, we work with a lot of companies to start there, you know, to kind of figure out what's already happening and then, you know, develop a, an engagement survey or a feedback campaign to collect the gaps uh, or focus groups or whatever the tool that we need to. So there's so many ways to get started. And so many companies are sometimes afraid to find out. And we always say, you know, you're getting tons of information and constant feedback from your customers and your vendors. Why wouldn't you want to understand the very people who are responsible um, for executing on your strategy day in and day out of what's happening in their hearts and minds? Because I got to tell you, none of us are the same person every day that we show up at work. We're, <laughs> right. we're, we're influenced and impacted by so many factors. Uh, and so I think it's important for organizations to get that insight. Um, so that's one of the recommendations. Don't get, don't, don't let fear of knowing stop you. We used to have a tagline, stop guessing and start knowing. Cause I can't tell you how many people make major business decisions on hearsay. Yeah. And we always say you got to have, you know, you can go on, you can use that as a data point, but don't make it the only data point. Right. And yeah, we have a frame here that we talk with our clients about, hey, tell us what you feel, tell us what you think and tell us what you know. And our job is to help you know. And that's what we do on the employee research side of the house is give them data and evidence to help them make better business and talent decisions. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing that we should be, we're doing our end is we're trying to help our clients reduce risk. Yeah. That's how we talk about it. And that's what you're doing is, yeah, that's a good data point, but you need to kind of validate that and you can help them validate that. Exactly. You know, when I was um, head of HR at Scripps Networks, I remember uh, my uh, CFO colleague, Pierre, would always like, well, well, Chris, how do you know this? You know, Give me some right. points, right? And he he beat it in me so bad. <laughs> I still got the scars. And so I, <laughs> I made it a point to make sure that, hey, I would tell you what I thought. I would tell you what I would feel about something. Because, you know, leaders 
also lead from gut as well. So I'm not saying you don't need that, but I'm also going to bring some data and facts for you yeah. to help support the case. Cool. Mm-hmm. I went on your website and you, you don't just do like your traditional employee engagement. I see um, diversity and inclusion climate survey and um, that's such a hot topic and producer Brian Peterson and I are working on some diversity and inclusion stuff with with some data that'll be pretty cool. So that's of interest to me. Remote work experience survey. So you all do some other stuff as well, right? Yeah, we will do uh, <clears throat> anything related to the organization um, performance and effectiveness to employee performance and effectiveness. We 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 are capable of measuring. As you mentioned, right now, uh, diversity and inclusion is a really hot topic for organizations, and so we're fielding a lot of culture and climate surveys right now, helping organizations understand those unique voices and experiences in their organizations, so they can figure out hey, what do we need to do to be a more um, <clears throat> diverse and inclusive and equitable organization? So it's a, um, a really interesting time from that perspective. Awesome. I feel like I learned a lot about employee engagement and what you guys do, but I think I'm ready to have a little fun with some four Ps. How do you feel about that? Four Ps, I'm ready for it. Bring All right. It. Bring it. Um, for those of you that don't know, we took the traditional marketing mix uh, the four P's. We changed it up. We have our own P's. Some of them are kind of fun, but t- trying to get him get to know him a little bit better. And so the first P that we have is perform. And I'm curious, I'm curious if you have a hidden talent or something we don't know about you. Well, you, well, you wouldn't know that from anything on the web because I, I, I don't. Well, maybe, maybe not. But I, I, <laughs> I love to cook. So yeah. And with COVID being around, I'm like cooking up a storm. I've been ordered, I've got new toys in the kitchen that I've never had before. So <laughs> it, it's, um, yeah. So one of my hidden talents is um, cooking. And so working at, when I was working at Scripps with Food Network, um, oh, the yeah. Food Network kitchen was just like, oh, it was like a kid in heaven. <laughs> you you went to the Food Network kitchen when it was here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was, I, I would host meetings there just so I could get the <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome did, did they all move to nashville or are there still jobs here do you know um well scripts network is still primarily in um knoxville and new york now okay really mm-hmm. okay um next p by the way what what do you what's your favorite thing to cook uh italian yeah yeah, yeah. I just FYI, I just um, experimented. I, I have what I call test kitchen, and I just experimented making a pesto with uh, zucchini, basil. It was just amazing. Oh man! I do my own pasta. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, next P. Pandemic. What's something fun or quirky you've started doing since the quarantine started? We've had this P for a few weeks. I used to talk about it, all the crazy stuff I've done. The most famous of which, Chris, is that I got addicted to marble racing. And so I'm a huge sports fan. And when sports went away in March, I was craving some sort of competition. And I stumbled upon a YouTube channel of marble racing and got obsessed with it. I still watch it every Sunday afternoon. So Curious, what kind of something quirky or interesting or that you've done since the quarantine started that's kind of different? <laughs> well, I have mastered uh, my hosting skills of rooftop socializing. 
<laughs> all right, let's hear more of that. That's awesome. Yeah, well, you, you, I'm that guy. Like, you know, if it's something that's going to create an experience, yeah, I'm going to curate the experience. So I've got this whole experience with friends come over because I'm not having them in my house because everybody knows <laughs> about that. And I live in a condo, so I'm not. Uh, uh-uh, we're not doing that. And so I'm like, I will host you on my rooftop, though. So. Yeah. <laughs> of the building. But yeah, it, it depends. I've got a whole setup for cocktails. I've got a whole other thing I do if it's a meal included. Yeah, you know, including um, ambiance setting. So I, did, I did a little beach party on the rooftop. That's awesome. That's one of, that might be, a, that's a top two definite pandemic answer because um, it's a useful skill and it's fun and unique. That's awesome. Well, and the, the challenge is it's getting cooler now, so I've got to get even more creative. When we don't have a fire pit on our on our rooftop, I've got to figure out something. Else. Well, it's part of my township trustee. We just got a grant to give restaurants heat lamps, and there's a back order on heat lamps. I guess everybody's trying to get heat lamps for this, you know, to eat outside during the fall and winter. But there's a huge back order on heat lamps. So if you want a heat lamp, you better get it in line, I think, because it's early October. They're probably gone. I don't think my condo association <laughs> bring up my um, – you remember the old school heaters? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they're going to let me bring that up. But, yes, okay, I gotta, I, I'm going to work on something. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, next P is podium. Um, top three of something. You can pick the category. Um you know, it could be your favorite country you visited, favorite food, favorite anything sports related that's always good. Love to hear if you have a podium, we can talk about it. Hmm. hmm. Well, I, since I mentioned earlier, I'm a car guy, right? Yeah. I'm going to go my top three cars, right? Oh, we haven't done this one, never. This is awesome. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, top three cars ever since I was a kid, and I still haven't gotten this one yet. The Porsche 911 SC Targa. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. And people are like, Chris, you're not on a Mazda. I'm like, dude, you don't understand. Right? Okay, so uh, a Porsche 911. Then second top three in that is a 1979 Mercedes-Benz um, 560 SL convertible. And you wonder why that one is on there. So growing up, um, I don't know how old you guys are. However, Wonder Woman, yeah, oh yeah, heart. They both drove convertible Benzes, and I said I gotta have one. <laughs> and so, for a milestone birthday, that is a gift to myself. At some point, I won't tell you what milestone I'm having to push it to, but it's coming. Uh, well, if you watch Wonder Woman, we're about the same age, so okay. um, <laughs> yeah, I, I know which milestone I'm approaching, so hey, I can I can guess. Yeah, the whole nine yards, right? Um, that's two. Do you have another one of those? Yeah, I got another one, and it's the uh, the current Lamborghini SUV. Oh that my god, is beastly. Um, I am not a car guy. Producer Brian, are you a car guy? What do you think of this? I love the three answers, but I'm not that big of a car guy. Yeah, I will say, seeing as we. My wife and I just bought a new car when has it been two months ago. Yeah. Um, I did see, and I'm not talking sports cars or anything, the new Kia K5s. That thing is nice. That is nice. 
I'm looking at this Lamborghini. That, oh my goodness. Right? <sighs> wow. The Lambo is in the Volkswagen, Audi, Porsche. As you can, you can see a theme with me. I'm an Audi um, fan, yeah. wagon family fan. But uh, yeah, that thing, uh, that'd be a nice to have. And, you know, the holidays are coming up and I have a birthday coming up. Maybe. Oh, some, my goodness. You know, so much to celebrate. Right, 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 right. Maybe it will be under the tree this year. Who knows? <laughs> I'm rooting for the 1979 Mercedes-Benz 560SL. That's what I'm rooting for. Yeah. There you go. I'll take that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Let's go to the bonus P. My favorite newest P is um, Publix and Prince. And I would love to know if you have a public story and or a print story. Um, yeah, I'll just leave it there. Publix or Prince? Well, can I give you both? Because I got, I got two. Right? Yeah, please, please give us both. All right. So Publix. So I lived in Atlanta, Georgia for well, Atlanta and Knoxville both have Publix. And I lived in those two markets for okay. call it about almost 20 years, right? And so um, if you've ever been in a Publix, they have the pre-prepared food area where you can get roasted chicken, fried chicken, and all this. They have yeah, a- I, get the, I get the chicken pub, club, pub, sub. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. They have these wings called Mardi Gras. They're these, I don't know what seasonings are on them, but they are just, they're like crack to me. <laughs> That's awesome. And we have this all started actually. We have a coworker who we thought was crazy because every year around Thanksgiving she drives to the closest Publix to Cincinnati, Ohio, which is about I guess about a four hour drive, and she stays the night solely to shop at Publix. And she does this every year. They know who she is, and we thought she was crazy. And so earlier this year I went on a trip to Publix with her. And just to try to experience it, and now I understand the appeal of Publix, and I'm going to try those Mardi Gras rings next time I'm there. That sounds awesome. Well, yeah. You know, I think the closest one, Knoxville, is not that far from Cincinnati, so you could get there in three hours. So, hey, there you go. go. Um, And then you might have a Prince story. Oh, I've got a Prince story. So my very first concert that my parents let me attend was the 1999 tour that Prince had in 1982. I went with my best friend, Wayne, who's no longer with us. Uh, and let me tell you, I was, I was, I was a teenager. So I won't say how old, but I was a teenager and I went to that concert and was just like, to this day, I am still a Prince, Prince fan, uh, just a musical genius. Yeah, where did do you remember where you went? Where was this concert? Oh, this concert was at the Mid South Coliseum in Memphis, Tennessee, in '92. Oh that is amazing. On February second, I believe. So <laughs> or February wow, 20th. that was before. That was right as he was really blowing up and becoming mainstream, right? Yes, yes, yes. I still have his very first album for you on vinyl and eight track <laughs> eight track all right i um when they- i forced the entire office when we were allowed to be in the office to watch purple rain and we did commentary the whole time i didn't realize like that movie couldn't be made today because there is a lot of adult topics and things that you don't really want to 
I mean, there's some domestic violence and it's bad, yeah. but it's, it's fascinating. It's one of my favorite movies. I think it's it's just interesting to me that movie. But that is a, that is an amazing print story. That is cool that you went to that. Well, I'll give you one other little hint. Our company colors are green and purple. <laughs> oh, so that's how right. that's how serious it is. Well, <laughs> next time I'm downtown, I'm gonna be looking for that green and purple flag, and so I'll look for it. Um. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Chris. Um, you've been awesome on here, and I'd love uh, if people want to reach out to you. Is there a website or an email address that people can reach out to you? Oh, sure. On the website, it's um, www.talmetrics, T-A-L-M-E-T-R-I-X.com. And if you want to reach me directly, you can catch me at Powell, P-O-W-E-L-L, at talmetrics.com. Do you think you'll get more feedback on the employee engagement or your cooking or prints? I I think it might be even. I You know what? It might be even. I think so. Because somebody's going to call me for that recipe of the pesto sauce I made with the <laughs> uh, Yeah, on the rooftop. That sounds good. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining. It has been a pleasure talking to you. And I hope people do reach out to you. They should be doing more employee engagement. Now's the time to do it, to start measuring how engaged and satisfied your employees are. Um, so please reach out to Chris. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian and Brian. Well, thanks for thanks to Chris for joining. Love the interview. Really fun guy. Brian, you and I both talked. Um, I think we stopped recording, but how we wanted to hang out with Chris, maybe. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> when we can finally go back to bars without having to wear masks and socially distance, we need to go out and get a beer with Chris. You know, get a beer, maybe go to his rooftop, have him cook us some dinner. Yeah. Uh, talk about cars and prints and other stuff he's passionate about. Also, probably the first guest that was excited about both having a public story and a print story, which was awesome. Yeah. That's true. He and I, I off the air after when he mentioned he was making his own pasta and things like that, he and I chatted because I do that as well here at home. I've made my own ravioli. And it's yeah. much more time consuming than you would ever think. Yeah, you, I think you really have to like enjoy it to do it because that has to. Yeah, that's very time consuming. That's a day long event if we're if I'm doing that. Yeah. By the way, I mentioned I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode that we have a webinar probably today if you're listening to it. It's this Wednesday, October seventh at two p.m. If you're listening to it, it's after that. Um, you can still see it on our resources page on our website. But it is about DIY tools, when to DIY and when to call a pro. Um, that's Amy Carley and Jason Enderhees. I'm not doing this webinar, Brian. I'm in a way of excited, but in a way I'm kind of jealous. I might sneak in there. I know. I, I felt I should give you a break a little bit. And if people are listening and it's after the seventh, just use the link in the show notes. You can get the on-demand version of it. Awesome. Um, and then if you have questions after the on-demand, you can send them to Jason Enderhees, Amy Carley, producer Brian. You can send me a question. I'll probably ask Brian, uh, Amy, or Jason as well. Um, but because we can shut it down. Thanks to Chris for joining. Um, an awesome guest. You probably hear Bonnie in the background once again, which you can check out my LinkedIn profile for a picture of her. But Chris Powell, thanks for joining. He's the CEO at Talmetrics and producer Brian. Thank you so much for all you do. And our listeners, we'll talk to you soon.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.